Um, so we're in a series that uh, is all about mental health and mental illness, and we're calling it Peace of Mind. And today we're talking about, I guess, like the opposite of peace of mind. Today we're talking about fear and anxiety. And this is a big problem for us. In fact, I saw a poll recently where 65% of Americans, 65% classified themselves, identified themselves as being either anxious or extremely anxious. 65%. That's two-thirds. And that was in 2019 before the pandemic. And it's only gotten worse since. And college and high school students were even more anxious. 91% of college students and high school students reported consistent, significant levels of anxiety. And so, I mean, 65%, maybe you can relate. Maybe you, maybe you can relate between relational issues and health problems and trying to raise our kids and trying to take care of our parents and stress on the job and stress in school and politics and like watching the world slide so far away from God, doesn't that just like make you anxious? And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but a dozen eggs is $6 now. You know, Zillow says an average house, a typical house in our community is $509,000. So we got plenty to be anxious about. And I would almost say if you're not a little anxious, it might be because you're not paying attention. Because I think almost all of us feel a little, it's dark out there, man. It's scary out there. And so we have this tension, you know, we have this dread this, this anxiety. And I think for a lot of us, it's, it's like it's, just a, it's a minor inconvenience. You know, we just kind of work around the anxiety. But for other people, for a lot of people, the struggle with anxiety is real. And it's consistent. And it's debilitating. And it's really wrecking our lives and our relationships and our jobs. It plays out physically. We have like increased, you know, blood pressure and heart rates and, and shortness of breath. And a lot of people are unable to function in their jobs or in their relationships or in school. And a lot of people have these just like full-blown attacks where they're absolutely shut down and they end up in hospitals. And as we've said throughout this series, frankly, sometimes Christians are not that helpful because somebody will come to a Christian and say, man, I'm really struggling with anxiety. I'm really, I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm tense. I can't, I can't live out my life. I'm just really struggling. And then that Christian, meaning well, will say, well, and this is, this is the symbol when I'm making fun of Christians. This is how they do it, right? This is, the, this is how they do it, right? Well, you know, the Bible says we haven't been given a spirit of fear. We're supposed to be anxious for nothing. You know what you need to do? You need to give it to God. That's what I do. I just let go and let God. So I just want to tell you, if you've really struggled with anxiety, if, if fear is really gripping you and really wrecking your life, and you go to a Christian and you say, man, I need help. I don't know what to do. And they say, just let go and let God. Then it's okay to punch them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a just, I mean, I don't, I don't condone violence, but in this case... It's, it's, it's okay because, yeah, let go and let God, that sounds great. Thank you. Like, what does that look like, right? How, do I, how am I supposed to do that? Because it's, it's, it's scary out there. 
And how am I supposed to deal with, with the, the stress and the anxiety and the fear? How am I supposed to, you know, Sunday that sounds good, right? But how am I supposed to go out in the big, bad, broken world on Monday? And as a Christian, what does it mean if I have anxiety? Does it, do I not have enough faith? Does that mean I'm not a very good Christian? Because now I got one more thing to be anxious about. So let's, let's start with this. Anxiety is not a sin. In fact, I'm going to get you to repeat after me. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a symptom. Let's try again. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a sin to be anxious. You know, the night before the cross, Jesus had what I think anybody would say was an anxiety attack, didn't he? I mean, he wanted to do what his father was calling him to do with everything that he had, and he was going to no matter what, but he did not want to go through what was in front of him, and he was broken down, and he was praying, God, I'll be, is there any other way? Is there any other way we can do I'll do whatever you want, but man, if there's any way we can do it besides this way, that's what I want. The Bible says he was sweating drops of blood. I mean, he was, he was completely anxious, and that's Jesus. So anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal. It's something that's letting you know something's wrong. And you need to take a step. You need to do something. It's just like in your car. If you're driving your car and that little red light pops up, oh, you're out of brake fluid. Oh, you're overheating or something like that. We don't get mad at the car. We're not mad at the signal. Signal is not sinning, right? It's trying to, it's trying to help you. It's, it's a signal that, you know what? Something's up. You, you, need, you need to do something. And so stress and anxiety and even fear is not inherently bad. In fact is... God wired it into you. It's, it's on purpose. He designed us. He created us this way um, for a reason. I mean, if you, were, if you were walking through the woods and a 700-pound grizzly bear came charging towards you, how many of you think you would feel a little anxious? Yeah, that anxiety is your best friend, right? That's the best thing that could happen to you is that fear because it triggers the fight-or-flight reflex, right? And what happens? Your heart starts beating faster, and it's pumping extra blood to your extremities in case you have to punch, and to your legs in case you have to run. Your eyes open. Your pupils dilate so that you can gather in more information. All your muscles tighten up. Every part of your body is like on high alert. And you know what? Thank goodness for that signal. It's not, it's not bad. The anxiety's good. It, it makes your body react. It's, it's a signal. It's time to do something. If you see your three-year-old wandering out in traffic, that feeling that you have, that anxiety, like gives you supernatural speed, right? All this adrenaline is pumping and your heart is racing. And you have, this, we always hear these stories about moms like lifting a burning car off of their children, right? It's because their anxiety has just, has just stimulated their body to do these incredible, unbelievable things. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal that it's time to do something. Something's up. We need, we need to do something. So what about anxiety disorders, right? What about, what about all these different phobias and all these illnesses? What, what, makes, what makes anxiety or fear go from being normal and good for us to suddenly now being a mental illness 
or a mental disorder? And how do we know it's not just good fear or good anxiety? So I, my, here's my disclaimer, I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert, but my definition would be that anxiety and fear kind of becomes a disorder. It kind of becomes an illness when it's messing up your life instead of helping you, right? It's supposed to be helping you. It's supposed to be keeping you safe, but I would say it becomes a disorder. It becomes mental illness. If it's not just keeping you safe, it's holding you back. Or when your response like doesn't match up appropriately with the danger stimulus. Okay, so maybe your response to the danger is here, but the danger is only really here. And I think that might be, maybe we've got some mental illness, maybe we've got a mental health issue we need to look at. So as an example, let's say you are walking through the woods and you see the picture. I think Mandy, you got the picture for the, here comes this bear, he's 700 pounds, it would be nothing for him to put your torso in his mouth and tear you in half. Now you see him running towards you, your response is going to be a lot of flailing, right? And a lot of screaming and running and plowing through trees and jumping over cars and knocking down old ladies and screaming like a maniac. That, that's a normal, that's what you should do. That's a normal response. But if you have that same exact response, when you see this danger stimulus, <laughs> you see what we got there, right? So it's like our response to the danger doesn't match up very well with the actual danger. You might be struggling with aleurophobia, the fear of cats. So same with like social settings, right? If you're gonna go and meet the president, or if you're going to speak to a huge group of hundreds of people, or you're going, your boss calls you and, hey, I need you to come in and talk to me about something, or something like, before that conversation, really, man, your heart is gonna be pounding a little bit, right? And your mouth is gonna be dry, and your hands are gonna be sweating, and you're gonna throw up in your mouth a little bit, right? But listen, that's what you're supposed to do. That is an appropriate response to that. But if you have that kind of response when a friend says, do you wanna go have coffee? You see the difference there? It's like the anxiety level, the response to the danger doesn't match up very well with the actual danger. And I think when we feel this inappropriate level of fear or anxiety compared to what the actual danger is, it's kind of like, it's like something is lying to your mind. Does that mean, like, like, that, like that kitten, something is telling you that that kitten could actually hurt you. It's, something's lying to your mind. So to help me illustrate this, I have brought my friend Matt up here. Some of you guys know Matt Dove. You can clap for Matt if you want. Yay, Matt. So you guys might know Matt. Matt and Mandy's back there, his wife, and his, Corbin's back there. His whole family works back in media all the time, and they've been here for years, super faithful, awesome, CBCB people, good friend of mine. Uh, a couple of years ago, is that right? Three, year, three years ago Wednesday, Matt was involved in a horrible accident on the job where a crane backed over his legs. What did that crane weigh? Uh, 197,000 pounds. 197, pound crane backed over his legs. And so he has had, I'm gonna say, every type of therapy you can imagine, every kind of medicine you can imagine, multiple surgeries, and look at him, he's, I mean, he's, he's doing great. He's oh, not that great. 
show him my guns. Uh, he's awesome, and he's got this amazing attitude, and he's a great witness for Jesus, and he's awesome, and it's wonderful, and it's a miracle, and that's great. Um, but he's not, like, done with it. You know, you don't get, get over or something like that. And he has residual pain. He still has pain, even three years later. In fact, I was asking him to describe the pain to me the other day, and he said, in this foot, it feels like the arch of my foot. If somebody took an electric drill and was just going like, that's what it feels like. A very specific pain in a very specific area of that foot. And the other one is like the bed, right? Right where the, right where you're, Right, like it's burning where his nails, so he's got, I mean, it's great that he's through it, but he's got this residual pain in that foot, and it's a very specific pain, and here's what's weird about that pain. That's the pain. There's the pain. So this is a weird thing, because there's no pain in that foot, because that foot's made out of plastic. So what's happening? What's happening? Hang on. <laughs> no, don't go anywhere. His, his nerves are lying to his brain. And it's describing a pain to him that's, that's not really happening where he thinks. It's, here's the, what's really bad is the pain is just as severe. The pain is just as awful as if it was going on in the original equipment. Right? right? So thanks, Matt. Wasn't that, a great, wasn't that a great demonstration for Matt? Thank you. So I want, you, I want us to get this. This is what I'm saying, that something is lying to his mind, and it's telling him that this pain is happening someplace that it's not happening, and that's what I think a lot of, a lot of these phobias and a lot of this anxiety disorders and stuff is, that something is lying to us, and it's sending a, a signal to our mind that's not a right signal. That's, that's my little definition. Um, when my son Mike was about 12 years old, he came into our room one night in the middle of the night, and he goes, Dad, wake up, Dad, Dad. And I said, what, what, what? I feel like I'm scared. And I said, okay. I mean, you know, what are you, what are you scared of? And he goes, nothing. But I feel like I'm scared. He's like, <laughs> breathing really fast. And I look, and Mike was super skinny in those days. And I'm telling you, we could see his heart just, just like chattering like that. And I said, well, what's wrong? Did something scare you? And he goes, no, I'm, nothing's wrong, but I feel like I'm scared. And we found out later he had like an electrical short in his heart, and it got fixed, and he's fine. But here's the weird thing about that. What's supposed to happen, right, when we're not ill, when it's going right, when we're healthy, what's supposed to happen is your brain sings a single to your heart. And it says, a bear is chasing us. You need to start pumping faster. And what Mike's was like, the signal got like reversed or something. And now his heart was telling his brain, dude, I'm beating like crazy down here. Is a bear after us? Right? It's like, what, what's happening? But you see what that is? It's some sort of like disconnect. There's some, like a false signal was being sent to his brain. And so... I think anxiety disorders are something about something lying to your mind or lying to your brain and telling it that we're in danger, that something is bound to happen, something horrible is in front of us. And these feelings of danger and our physical reaction to these feelings of danger aren't consistent with the actual danger. And I will just tell you that almost all of us deal with this to a certain degree, right? All of us are on some sort of, like, I don't know, like a spectrum 
almost of, of anxiety. Some of us have only really super occasional anxiety where you're afraid something might happen. Like, if I don't pass this class, I'll just die. I mean, that's not what's going to happen, right? Or if I, if I blow this promotion, it'll be the end of everything, right? That's, that's not really accurate. That's a little bit off. And I think some of us have even specific times like you know we're going into a social setting that makes us nervous and we picture this horrible thing happening or something like that sometimes i think we have specific things some of us are uh, some of us are nervous about high places right and what is that that's well i'm afraid if i'm gonna fall you're not gonna fall right and if you do fall it's probably okay but that what do we call that that's acrophobia right some of us feel that nervousness when we're in confined spaces what do we call that claustrophobia. Um, some people are scared of spiders, like these spiders are going to end my life or something like that. Do you know what that one's called? Arachnophobia. Um, some of us are afraid to be separated from our cell phones. <laughs> you know what it's called? Nomophobia. It's a real thing. Nomophobia. Um, arithmophobia. Do you know what that one is? Think about it. Arithmophobia. It's the fear of numbers. Um, a lot of people don't come to church because they have preacher want my money phobia. It's very common in this country. So if you, if you struggle, listen, if you struggle with anxiety that doesn't always match up with the situation, or if you deal with just so much anxiety that it's not just keeping you safe, it's actually holding you back from the life that Jesus has for you, then I'm going to say to you what I've said every week. And that is that you should seek God's healing. And you should seek it in every possible way. Um, maybe you need a counselor to help you figure out how to work through it when you have these feelings. Maybe you need a psychologist to help you kind of unpack, like, where these feelings come from and how do we attack them? Maybe you need a psychiatrist to say, hey, somehow your neurons aren't firing properly or something's going on chemically or electrically in your brain. God heals lots of ways. He heals physically. He heals uh, medically, he heals naturally, he heals supernaturally, and I would just really encourage you to go back to our resource center today and get that little resource list of all the different things that we have to offer. There's lots of ways. Let's get you the help that you need because he wants you to live a, a rich, satisfying, abundant life, and you can't do that if you're strapped down and held back with fear and anxiety. So today we're going to focus kind of on like just the spiritual side of this, right? So how could, how could knowing God, how could following Jesus and trusting Jesus impact our struggles with anxiety? And it's really the same. If it's a regular old anxiety, like I'm nervous about what's happening to our country, you should be nervous about what's happening to our country. Or if it's you're afraid that spiders are going to attack and take over, even if it's whether it's something that's like a super legitimate thing or maybe it's a fear that nobody else feels but you, wherever your, your anxiety, wherever your fear is coming from, we want to take a look at if you struggle with fear, if you struggle with anxiety, how can we find some peace of mind by looking at God's word. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a specific story in the Bible of a man that struggled with anxiety, and his name is Jehoshaphat. Let me hear you say Jehoshaphat. I don't know if you're, maybe you're pregnant and you're thinking about a name for a child or something like that, but I can't recommend Jehoshaphat high enough. Um, he was actually a king of Judah. Um, they, you know, they had mostly bad kings. He was a pretty good king. Uh, his story comes up in 2 Chronicles 20, and he is experiencing some real 
anxiety. So here's what's happening. This is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, some of the Meonites, a bunch of the get down tonights, <laughs> a bunch of these ites, right? They declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told him, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Hazanon Tamar. This is another name for En Gedi. Look at verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. And this is some legit anxiety. This is three nations, each one of them bigger than Israel. And they're coming against them, and they're going to attack little old Israel. And let me just ask you this. Isn't, the, isn't that the way it is for you? Because when we're feeling anxious, a lot of times I think, you know, I could handle any one of these things, right? Okay, I've got some health issues. I could handle that. I've got some issues with my kids. I could handle that. I got some problems in relationships. I could probably handle that. I got some taxes due. My boss is a jerk. I got weeds in my grass. Any one of these things I could probably handle, but we don't ever get just one of those things, do we? It always feels like everything is attacking from all sides. And so what do we do? when all of these scary things are coming at us from all sides and they're bringing us all this anxiety, what do we do when we're terrified to face the world or when we're terrified to face a problem or when we're terrified about a big decision that we have to make? And Jehoshaphat is going to lay out a great pattern for us. So let's see what he does. Uh, verse 3, Jehoshaphat, this terrifying situation, tons of anxiety. It says, he was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. And he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So when we feel anxiety, when we feel fear about something, again, it's not a sin, it's a signal that we need to do something. And the first thing we need to do is pray. Now Jehoshaphat prayed a really impressive prayer here. Right, very super fancy words, probably like drop down an octave. Um, verse 6, he prayed, Oh Lord, God of our ancestors. He might have even done like the shaky voice, like you alone are God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty and no one. This goes on for like a half a page. So I'm just like, I'll give you the short version. What he said was, God, you are awesome. And so I'm coming to you because this thing is too hard for me. And it's too big for me. And it's too scary for me. And I am feeling really anxious about this thing. And I'm, and I'm terrified. And I don't know what to do. Will you please help me? And like show me what I'm supposed to do. And I just... I just want to take this minute to say when we pray, simple prayers are okay. Simple prayers are okay. One of the best prayers in the Bible was the guy on the cross next to Jesus. And he just said, remember me. Right? Sometimes all God needs to hear from you is help. It doesn't have to be a big fancy prayer. You, you don't need these and thous in your prayer. You don't need to go down an octave. You don't need to raise your voice. He, he cares about what you're going through, and he wants to listen to what you have to say. Philippians 4.8 tells us that if we want peace, 
if we really, really want this crazy peace that doesn't make sense, in a circumstance that's so scary, you shouldn't have peace. That's a peace that passes understanding. And it says if we want that, what we have to do is we have to pray instead of worry. And look how it says that we're supposed to pray. It just tells you how to do it. Just thank God for what he's done and just tell him what you need. He, he's your father. You don't have to come with like some fancy words or dress a different way or posture yourself differently or something. He's your father. And he cares about what is scaring you. And he just wants you to come to him. And he wants to take what's afraid of you away from you and take it for himself. Um, I remember my kids when they were little coming into our room in the middle of the night and they would have these horrible, oh, I had a dream. There's monsters outside. They've come from outer space and they're eating everything and cars are exploding and houses are burning and they're eating everybody. Death is imminent. We're going down. And I put them in bed with me and like 30 seconds later they were asleep. Right, what happened? What, what they said was, yeah, this is a big problem. This is a legit problem out there, but... My dad will take care of it, right? So I can, just, I, can just, I can just rest in him. And that's what prayer does for us. When we say, man, it's, it's scary out there. It's horrible out there. It's dark out there. There's a lot of legit stuff to be scared of out there. And it's bigger than me. And it's too hard for me. But it's not bigger than him. And it's not too hard for him. I think, like the way it works, like when we see a scary stimulus, right, something pops up in our brain, then we have this little gland, the amygdala. It sends out like the word to your body, right? All these no beep, boop, beep, this is no drill, something bad, something evil, or whatever. And I think a lot of us, we hear the signal, but then we get so wrapped up in the signal and how scary everything is and how horrible it might be that, that we, never, we, never like, we never take a step. We never take the first step. This anxiety is a signal. And it's telling us that we need to do something. And that something is we need to ask God for help. We, we need to pray. And that's when we get our peace, is when we give this huge, scary intimidating, horrifying, terrifying problem, when we give that to God, of course that gives us peace because we know our Father can handle it and we know that he has things under control. 1 Peter 5, 7 says that's when you give all your worries and cares to God because he, he cares about you. And you know, he might even tell you what to do. So the first thing, when we get the signal, something's up, something's wrong, I'm feeling anxiety, I'm feeling fear, I'm feeling scared, Recognize it's not a sin, just a signal. It's telling you to do something. And the first thing we need to do is to pray. And so, like, okay, now what? And we did that. I prayed. You know, I gave it to God. You know, now, now what am I supposed to do? And now this is the hard one. Because after we pray, it's time to pause. And that is hard when your heart is racing. Right? That is hard when your breath is fast and shallow. That is hard when you see all the scary things out in the world. But that's, that's what Jehoshaphat did. Look what he does. Look at this pause. Um, in verse 12, so he's still praying, Oh God, won't you stop them? I can't do anything about it, he says. We're powerless against this mighty army about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. And as all the men of Judah 
stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. So Jehoshaphat prays to God, man, help us. God, we're scared. We're in over our heads. We're anxious. We, this is too much for us. We don't know what to do. So we're just looking to you to help us. And then they just, they just stood there. And this is what we need to do when we're feeling that fear. It's a signal. Something is up. I need to do something. I'm going to pray. Now I've prayed. And now I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to pause. And I'm going to say, I'm going to slow myself down a little and say, God, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. So I'm asking you to show me. And maybe you'll send a friend to give me some great advice. Or maybe you'll show me an answer in your word. Or maybe you'll speak in a voice to me. Or maybe you'll just give me like a feeling of the direction that I'm supposed to go. But prayer is supposed to be a two-way conversation. Prayer is supposed to be us speaking and listening to God. And it's supposed to be God speaking and listening to us. And I think sometime we're just so busy like peppering God with all this horrible stuff that's happening that we never take a minute to just pause and, and, just, and just listen to what God might be. Maybe he'll give us some direction if we can just slow down and listen to him. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. He's like, man, we don't know what to do. And we're, we're looking to you. And then they just, they just paused. They just stood, it says. And while they stood, while they paused, while they were waiting there, God told them what to do. As they stood there, as they waited quietly, as they paused before God, a man named Jehaziel spoke up. And God said through him, this is verse 15, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 17 says, so go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. I mean, wouldn't you love to hear that about your deal? Right? That thing that you're so afraid of, that you're so anxious about. Wouldn't you love to hear God speak to you and say, I'll take care of this. Just start walking, I'm with you. But they would have never heard his voice if they would have been flailing around, right? They would have never heard his voice if they would have been in a panic, running in circles, screaming, oh, I'm so scared, all these armies are coming at once. When you're, when you're feeling anxious and when you're feeling scared or terrified over something that's really big and really huge, or even if it's something that nobody else thinks is scary, that's, it's not a sin, it's a signal to do something, to, to pray and then to pause and listen to God. Maybe he'll tell you exactly what to do. Sometimes I think we're so afraid. The thing that we're afraid of is the decision that we have to make. What if I make the wrong decision? And I'll tell you, I mean, even if it's not the right decision, I mean, truthfully, apart from God, they made a terrible decision, right? They had one little army going up against three big armies. Apart from God, that was a bad decision. So I think we can take some comfort in knowing that even if even if you make a wrong decision, God loves you completely. And he's all powerful. And the Bible says that he works all things for good. So 
If you're somebody that struggles with that, if your anxiety is over a decision that you have to make, I would just encourage you with this. Your trust in him is more important than the decision that you're wearing yourself out over. Your trust in him is more important than you making the right cause. Just, just pause and just listen. And maybe he'll tell you exactly what steps to take. And even if he doesn't, you might hear him say what they heard, like, you're okay. You can face this thing. You, you're, I have it. I have it. It's me. I'm your father, and I'm, I'm with you. And you don't even really have to fight. It's not even your fight. It's, it's mine. That's what happened for them. Because by the time they got to the battlefield, their enemies had already turned on each other and killed each other. And inst instead of having to fight, they spent three days gathering up the spoils of a battle that they never even fought. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wasted a good worry? Have you ever like got really worked up about something? It's like, oh my gosh, what could happen? What could happen? And you're thinking about it and you're grinding over it and you can't sleep at night. Oh, what if this happened and it never even came up? Don't you wish, don't you wish you would have just said, okay, yeah, I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling anxious. It's not a sin. It's just a signal. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna ask for God's help. I'm gonna pause. And I'm gonna listen for his direction. And I'm gonna know that even if I get this wrong, God can make it right. So we pray and we pause, and we praise. This next morning, Jehoshaphat wakes up, one cup of coffee, straight out to the people, and he gives them this really great pep talk. Hey, God is in this, man. We can face it. Let's go. But then he makes a really interesting military strategic choice. Look at uh, verse 21. So after he talks to all the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his, has said, we talked about this last week, his faithful love endures forever. So picture this one now. We're going into battle. We're way overmatched, right? There's three of them. There's one of us. We're way overmatched. So he's like lining everybody up here. We're going to go do this thing. All you soldiers, special forces guys, Green Beret guys, step back. Step back. You guys take it easy. Bring all your knives and swords and flamethrowers and grenade launchers. Step back here. We're going to bring some people in, like with tambourines. And the, the guys, get a guitar up here. Get, that, get the flute guy out on point. You know, let's have, let's have so much faith in God and his power in this situation that we realize that recognizing his power is more important than our weapons. It's more important than our ability to fight. It's more important than this thing that we're so afraid of. It's more important than this army that we're against. It's more important than a perfect decision on our part. It's more important than a clear understanding on our part. Let's, let's praise God for who he is. And let's remind ourselves. Let's remind the people around us. Let's remind our enemies who's fighting for us. And I love it that they didn't just praise God like while they were picking up the plunder when it was over. 
They praised God as they marched into battle. And that was a battle that they didn't even know God had already won. And what was even maybe better than them defeating their terrifying enemies, they defeated their terror, right? They, they overcame their anxiety, and they experienced God's peace. It says, in verse 30, Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given them rest on every side. I think that, that praise just like gave them such confidence, just singing and reminding themselves of who was in charge and how powerful he is and how much more important that was than this battle that they, was, that they were up against. It was how much more important that was than this fear was, was their father. And this is how we fight our battles with the stuff that we're afraid of, with the legitimate things that are in the world that we should be anxious about. This is how we fight our battles with the anxiety itself, with the fear itself. We realize, yeah, man, I look out there and it looks scary, man. It looks hopeless. It looks, it looks terrifying. It looks like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by my Father. So we pray. And we just say, God, this, this thing is too big for me. And it's too hard for me. And, and it, it's too scary for me but it's not too much for you. And so, will you just please help me? And we take peace in that. We pray and we find peace. And then we just pause and say, God, I don't know what to do. I just need to hear from you to give me some direction. I want to pause and hear which way you want me to go. And then we praise. God, you're my father and you are awesome. And you are so much bigger than this problem and you are so much bigger than my enemy, and you are so much bigger than this thing that I'm afraid of. So I'm going to praise you, not just coming out of the battle, but as I'm walking in to the battle. So that worked for them thousands of years ago, and I don't know like what might be making you anxious or afraid right now. If you don't have anything, then watch the news, <laughs> and you'll you're, there's plenty, man. There's a lot to be anxious. There's there's cancer and war, and poverty, and illness, and divorce, and betrayal, and Democrats, and Republicans, and disease, and death. It's, it's scary out there. And plus, a lot of us are even struggling with stuff that other people may not see. So maybe the thing that's got you anxious is something that should be making you anxious. It's a terrifying enemy, or a problem, or an illness, or a danger. And maybe you need some counsel to come alongside you and maybe you need some godly friends to, to, to pray with you for wisdom and courage and faith. And maybe, maybe yours is different. Maybe, maybe, maybe something is lying to your mind and maybe someone is in your head and maybe your real enemy is actually the anxiety and the fear itself. And maybe you need some sort of, some sort of medical help or some sort of psychological help to figure that out, but no matter what battles we're facing, and no matter what is making us anxious or afraid, even when things seem impossible or impossibly scary, and even when it looks like my enemies and my problems and my fears are all around me, it may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by our Father, and we fight our battles by trusting them to Him. We pray, 
and we pause and we praise. Do you agree? Should we try it? Let's, let's, let's practice. Let's practice. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'll ask you to just think of your bear, right? Think of the thing that you feel this attack coming at you. Think of the thing that's bringing you anxiety. Think of the thing that is maybe you're afraid of failure. Maybe you're afraid of getting sick. Maybe you're afraid of a, a relational problem or a work problem or a financial problem. Maybe, maybe the thing that is really a problem for you is the actual anxiety, and it doesn't even match up with the actual danger. But either way, let's think about our deal, right? Let's think about the thing that's causing us our anxiety, and let's, let's just take a minute and let's, let's just pray. Let's ask God to help us. And then after we pray, we'll do something weird. Let's just pause. Let's be quiet. Just for a minute, let's listen. Maybe God will speak to you. Maybe he'll give you direction. Maybe he'll tell you what to do next. Or maybe he'll just speak to you and say, I've got this. It's going to be okay. And then after we've had a minute to pause, we'll stand up together and we'll praise. Should we try it? Think about your thing. Let's pray. Jesus, I've seen the numbers. And I know that a lot of people in this room are really struggling with fear right now. Really feeling anxious. And not just a little twinge, not just a little nerve or something like that, but really feeling held back by anxiety, really not living the life that you have for us. We, you called us to have a rich, satisfying, amazing, abundant life, and a lot of us can't because of the things that we're afraid of. So right now, Lord, we're all, we're all thinking of the thing that we're afraid of, and we are going to intentionally for real, on purpose, ask you for your help. We know you're our Father. We know you love us. We know that you're all powerful and you can do anything. So will you just intervene? In Jesus' name, will you just heal and correct and restore and redeem and do the things that only you can do? Will you give us the strength that we need to go forward? Will you give us the faith and the courage that it takes to face up to this scary stuff? God, will you just powerfully come into our lives and either fix this stuff or give us the strength to fight through it? And God, now as we're asking for your help, we're gonna take that next step. We're gonna pause. I'm going to ask you to speak to each one of us about our own thing, whatever our deal is. God, give us some direction, a step we should take, a friend we should call, a passage we should read, an attitude we should have. If nothing else, will you just remind us that you are with us. God, we're going to pause for just a minute now and give you a chance to speak. And after we've had a minute to hear from you, we're going to stand together we're going to lift our voices. We're going to praise you for who you are.
for what you've done and because we know that you are so much greater than anything we face, that nothing can stand against us if you're for us. We're gonna remind ourselves, this is how we fight our battles. We're gonna remind ourselves that even when we're surrounded by fear and tension and anxiety and the horrors of this world, more importantly than that, we're surrounded by you and your love and your presence and your power. God, as we pause now, will you speak to us? In Jesus' name. So not if, but when fear comes, when anxiety is pressing in all around us, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to ask God for His help. And we're going to pause, and we're going to ask God to give us some direction. And then we're going to praise, and we're going to remind ourselves, we're going to remind everyone around us, and we're going to remind our enemies of how big our God is. And that verse in Philippians says, then you'll experience God's peace. It surpasses anything that we could even understand. And he will guard our hearts and he will guard our minds as we live our lives in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Got two quick resources for you if you struggle with anxiety. Number one, we're fixing to start a life group. We ran it before, we're gonna start it again. It's called Anxious for Nothing. And love to have you join that life group, probably a six-week study. You can get information at a table back there. At the same table, we've got another class that's about to start. It's called Living Life from a New Source. A lot of the reasons a lot of us as Christians face anxiety is because we're worried that we're letting Jesus down. Like, right, I keep blowing it, I keep making mistakes, maybe I'm not good and my performance as a Christian isn't high enough. And this class is all about understanding that Jesus is way more interested in what he can do in you and through you than what you can do for him. Let's get rid of the performance Christianity and let's start letting Christ live in us and live through us. So if one of those classes works out for you, we would love to have you join it. But listen, God is with us. God is greater. Amen?
Have a great week.